Welcome to Woody Online. You're listening to an audio recording of one of our live services. We're based in Cardiff and we meet in person every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. If you're able to join us, we would love to see you. We hope this week's message blesses you. So Marv introduced Ephesians last week. If you didn't catch up yet with that online, then uh, do so because it gives the background um, to this book that we are going to be looking at for the next six weeks. It's going to take us up to Lent. And then we've got a a special Lent series that a whole bunch of um, Baptist churches are taking part in. So today we're going to look at chapter one of Ephesians. And the title for this week is All the Good Stuff, because this passage is full to overflowing with a description of all the many blessings that we have as Christians. And in fact, the first half of the chapter, the whole half of the chapter in Greek is one long sentence. You can just, I mean, in English, they've changed it, but in the Greek, (laughs) Paul, you can just feel his excitement um, as he is just talking about Jesus and about all the good stuff that we have. So let's read Ephesians chapter one. Sorry. Oh, yes. (laughs) Okay. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to the saints in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace, that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment, to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. In him we were also chosen having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also 
that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in this present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. There's a lot there. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, my prayer for you this morning is actually the same as what Paul prayed for the Ephesians in verse 18. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Right, now it's time for you all to do some work. So, grown-ups, I want you to read the chapter again. So, fish it out on your phone, your Bible app, whatever, um, and look over someone's shoulder if you need to, but uh, hopefully you've got a Bible with you of some sort. I want you to find Ephesians chapter 1, and I want you to spot or note any words that you find that describe something good that we have as Christians. Okay? Right, kids, children, I've got a job for you as well. So if you want to come up a minute, I will tell you what I need you to do. Right, so can you hold your pictures up, guys? Okay, that's fine. If you haven't got anything, can you tell me, Ava, um, one that you recognise? Who can you, What can you see? What is it? The Incredibles and Bruno. Yeah, we've got The Incredibles. What else, guys? Peppa Pig. James, can you see any? Oops. Now, what? Adam's family. Adam's family. The queen. The the royal family, yeah. So, what do all these pictures, kids, what do they have in common? Jack? They're all families. They're all families, right. So, hold on to your pictures, okay? You can go and... um, Mm, no, don't sit down. Stay here, but let's give them to me a minute. <laughs> there we go. Don't worry about the blue tie. That's fine. Okay. Right. So families is something that we're going to come back to later. Okay. So I want you to keep the word family in your mind. And then Laura is going to give some of you another thing to hold up. Where's Laura gone? There she is. Okay. So remember those of you that have got cards, can you go fetch them? While they're doing that, have a quick drink. Okay, if you haven't got a card, you can come and sit on the front chairs by here. Right, so my helpers now. Okay, so adults, you're going to see if you have managed to find the things that they're going to hold up. Okay? Power, adopted, chosen, 
Redemption. Inheritance. Holy Spirit. Good. Sorry, that was a bit quick. But <laughs> that is um, just some of the things ooh, sorry, that you will um, have found, hopefully, in your passage. Okay? So, did you find love for each other? Anyone find that? Stick your hand up if you did. You might not have. Right, Denise. Okay. What does it mean by that? Just give me one sentence to put that in a different way. Yeah, caring for us guys, yeah, the church. Okay, salvation, what does that mean? What does salvation mean, guys? You're the grown-ups. Being saved, yeah. Power, give me an example of what it's talking about there. The Holy Spirit. We, t- we heard it earlier with healings, yeah? Adopted. We're going to come back to that one, actually, so hold that thought. Chosen, we're going to come back to. Hope, give me an example. A future of what? Good, Good stuff. Okay. Uh, redemption, that's the hardest. What does that mean? Brought back. Brought back. Yeah. Like as if you're a slave and you've been bought back. Inheritance. What's that, what's that on about? Say again. Passing something on. Yeah. What are we going to inherit? Eternal life. And Holy Spirit, who's he? Or sh- well, it is a he. <laughs> God. Okay, good. Right, kids, good job. You can take them and go sit back down. Well done. Thank you very much. Okay, so we've got loads of good stuff, and that wasn't even all the words that we could have picked. Um, so why? Why do we have all this good stuff? So the answer is actually at the end of the passage in verse 20 to 23. So I'm just going to read that again. He raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet, and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. So Ephesians is a book that has a big perspective with a full awareness of the spiritual as well as the earthly reality and a full awareness of Jesus' lordship over all. And I love this bit. I find it really visual God the Father has raised Jesus from the dead and he's now seated at the right hand of God in heaven. That phrase about right hand just means it's like a place of honour. Okay, so don't get too hung up on that. But that's the ultimate power display. Oh, did I just turn off? I'll just keep talking. That's the ultimate power display. That's the power that's at work in us. He's gone from... He's gone... He's gone (laughs) from um, being dead to being raised to life and raised all the way up to um, to God's right hand. And that is the power that's at work in us. Verse 19 says that you may know his incomparably great power for us who believe. Just get your head around that a minute. The power that raised Jesus from the dead up into heaven is the same power that he's given for us to access. The mighty strength 
that he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. And so now Jesus is above all, all other rulers, all other authorities, all other powers, all other dominions, <coughs> all names, now and forever. There is no one and never will be anyone higher than Jesus. Yes. <laughs> I'm glad you're here, Dave. Good. <laughs> all authority and power is his and he says that that power is for us too. I hope you. I felt so excited when I was uh, looking at this, so I hope you are too. In verse 22, Paul references Psalm 8, which says that God puts all of creation under our feet, the feet of man. We were supposed to rule this world properly. Back in creation, Adam and Eve were given the task of ruling over the earth, not in a sort of a bad way, like we tend to think of ruling these days as a sort of negative but in a good way, taking care of it. But then the fall happened, and mankind has clearly not ruled the earth uh, on God's behalf, as we should have done. <coughs> so now, God has placed all things under Jesus' feet. It's supposed to be under ours. It's all now under Jesus. And he is the head over everything, all creation, all mankind. And the church is his body, so he's Jesus, Everything is under his feet. He is the head of everything, but we are his body, the church. I think that's amazing. <laughs> um, so in Jesus, I'm sorry, in Genesis, mankind as well, it says, was supposed to fill the earth, fill the earth and subdue it and, and so on. But now it says in a better way, Jesus fills the earth. He fills everything in every way. And that is why we have all this good stuff. Because we are his body, the church is his body. We're not just little people who've decided to follow Jesus, although we are that. But I hope, I want you to have that bigger perspective of what's going on here. He is over everything. Everything is under his feet. We are his body and we are filled with all that good stuff. So I hope you're beginning to have that enlarged perspective. I hope you're beginning to see who Jesus is in a, in a bigger way, but also your own place in creation and that you're starting to feel a sense of joy and excitement that we get to partake in all this good stuff. Now, we listed lots of blessings earlier, but I, did, I said um, there were two I wanted to focus in on particular, in particular, which were that we're adopted and that we're chosen. Right, so kids, what those pictures that we found earlier, can you remember what they were? Families. They were families, that's right. So just want to talk about family for a minute, okay? So we have um, a family. We have our family that we belong to, don't we? Okay? Now, we live with some of them. Uh, some of them might live away from us, but our family is someone that, who takes care of us, yeah? And they spend time with us, and they put up with us, even when we're difficult to be around. That's what your family is, yeah? But we're also part of another family, Ava? God's family. God's family, yeah. <laughs> so what do you think that means? What does it mean to be part of God's family? Someone else? Because Darcy's already answered. 
What does it mean to be part of God's family? Any ideas? We've all gone quiet. Grown-ups, what does it mean to be part of God's family? What's it talking about? Being a Christian. Being a Christian, yeah. Being part of the church, yeah? So this church, all these people here, so kids, if you look around at all these people, they're also your family, okay? They're your church family. So church is like a family for us as well as our family at home, but it also means the church all over the world, so all the Christians throughout the whole world, that's also your family. That's a pretty big family. And... The reason that we're all in a massive family like this is because God has adopted us, as it says in verse 5. So, grown-ups, there's a whole sermon here in itself on predestination, which I'm not going to do this morning. (laughs) Um, Suffice to say, though, that we can delight that we were always on his mind since the beginning of time. We are supposed to be here we're supposed to be part of his church. Now, as some of you will know, kids you might know, you might even remember someone that we had in our family. When a child is adopted, then the parents who are doing the adopting look through all the lists of the children who are waiting to be adopted, and they choose one, or however many, that they think will be a good fit for them to parent. But the thing about God is that he is fit to parent anyone, and everyone. There's no limit. We are all adopted into his family. And he has chosen each of us. So we have some friends here this morning who are going to explain this bit a bit more for us. So if make sure you can see the black screen and I'm going to pass this this way. So we are chosen by God, but not just to be adopted into his family. But for more than that, right, look, what have I got here? Kids, what's this? Two apples, okay. Do they look the same? No, they're different, aren't they? Okay, but I have chosen both of these from the shop, right? And I've chosen them for different purposes. So this one is kind of small and looks pretty and it's kind of juicy. This one I've chosen to be a snack for Edward or Jacob, okay? This one is bigger, it's not quite so pretty. I don't think it's as sweet. This one I've chosen to make into apple pie, okay? So I've got two different apples. Toby's face lit up. (laughs) Um, Two different apples. I've chosen both of them. They're different, and I've chosen them for different purposes, okay? So you might look around and think, well, okay, God's chosen me, but I'm different from them, And I don't know what God's going to do with me. They've got loads of talents. They look really pretty and juicy and (laughs) things. And I'm not sure what I'm going to do. Um, But we have to know that we are each chosen and we're each chosen for different things. Okay. And it's true that everyone will be used differently by God. And some plans are more showy than others, but it doesn't matter. Each one of us is chosen for something. So if you're not sure what your purpose is, then you need to ask God to show you. So we're going to pray to finish and we're going to ask God. Father God, thank you that you have chosen each of us to be adopted into your family 
and you have given us lots of good stuff. Please show each of us what our purpose is. And I pray that all we've looked at this morning will have opened our eyes more to the hope that we have in Jesus, to the riches of being his adopted children, and to the incomparably great power he shares with us. Amen. Amen. Just a tiny little footnote. Um, When I was looking for a bookmark to put in my Bible for this morning, I picked up one that I was given by someone, and it is from Ephesians 1, which... (laughs) um, And it says, I am deeply loved by God, completely forgiven, fully pleasing, totally accepted, powerfully equipped, and complete in Christ. So I thought that was a great note to end on. (laughs) Back to you, Stu.